Hello again, everyone. Uh, welcome to another edition of Catfish Corner Predators Podcast. I'm Paul Scavina, the Predators beat writer for the Tennessean, joined by my colleague, Gentry Estes, who's been busy covering a lot of college football coaching changes lately, but uh, has been keeping track of the Predators as well. We're uh, talking on Wednesday night after the Predators' second consecutive victory against the Blackhawks. Uh, both of them took overtime. This one went to a shootout. But uh, we're going to cover uh, several topics here uh, before they go on their road trip, long road trip to Florida, four games, seven or eight days, um, you know, against the Lightning, which you were, uh, which is a really, really good team, and the and the Panthers, which we don't really know about because they haven't played too many games uh, due to COVID. But anyway, um, let's start off with right off the bat. Um, you know, after tonight's game, we we we've talked a lot about Matt Duchesne and the, and the, and the down year he had last year. And, and John Hines said, you know, a lot of it was mental. And, and uh, Duchesne recently made a comment about felt like he was carrying a piano around on his back uh, last season. But he said some pretty telling things tonight, Gentry, uh, when we talked to him postgame. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get him out. We'll get the audio on here a little bit later. But I wanted to get your thoughts on just where he where, where you what your thoughts are about where he is mentally and where he was mentally, according to what, what he said tonight. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was pretty outspoken about, you know, not just himself and the pressure that he felt last year, but the team as a whole. I mean, he used the word fragile. We were very fragile last year. Uh, felt a lot of pressure from a lot of different sources. And, you know, I, I think anybody who, who watched that team understands where he's coming from with that. Uh, that was a team that, that we've heard all offseason, how they want to be mentally tougher and tougher to play it's, against. It's and, interesting, though, Gentry, to hear him say that and I know it's after the fact and it's easy to say you know in retrospect but but usually you know people a lot of times athletes don't want to talk about last year uh, whether it's good bad or indifferent because you know they have this mentality that they moved on but Matt has really talked a lot about last year uh this year and, and I and I and he's been really telling and doing so um so sorry to interrupt you not sorry to interrupt you but I just I just wanted to throw that in there it's, it's rare to get that insight from an athlete these days, uh, especially in these settings with, with video zooming and everything else. I mean, you might have a conversation with a, a guy like that in the locker room, but you know, to, to, to say it out loud for everybody to hear is, is kind of a little bit different. Well, and, and I think it was, it, he was saying this in the, in the vein of, you know, how he's more relaxed. He feels this year, how much more confident he feels this year. And I think he felt the need to want to, to, kind of defend himself at the same time though because he's not scoring he hasn't scored a goal yet and you know he he he, he does well in the shootout t- tonight and uh he kind of explained it's like well I'm still feeling confident even though the goals aren't coming and um I, I think he he was in a way sticking up for himself and sticking up for his team because he feels like they deserve better than they've gotten he also made the comment of you know, that was the, we were four and three, but that's the worst possible record we have based on how we've played, which I, I couldn't probably disagree with more. But, you know, <laughs> if they feel that way, that's cool. I mean, they, they need to have that confidence, you know, and, and I think, you know, going deeper than that, part of what made them fragile last season is is really not believing that. Uh, and I think, you know, look, a lot of these comments that are being made about the culture that was there before and whatnot, you know, in the back of my mind, I always harken back to, you know, that was Peter Lavalette's doing, you know, he was here for a long time and, and he set that culture and that culture fell apart. <clears throat> and, you know, I think we're hearing the truth now. Um, and it's not necessarily an indictment on, on Peter directly, but I do think 
in some ways it is. I think, you know, a lot of those guys didn't really like playing for him. <laughs> and I think, you know, he's a guy who's, who's, I don't want to talk too much about him, but he's a guy, you know, he's doing great in Washington. He came to the Predators and, and kind of fixed them. He's a fixer, and then his act kind of wears thin, I think. And and it, we're seeing that now with some of the comments that are being made, uh, you know, a year after his departure. And, and again, you know, I certainly appreciate Duchesne being as forthcoming as he is with these kind of comments because you're right. That's the kind of thing you – you 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 don't normally hear and and I feel like he was being genuine and honest with where he was coming from with that. Uh, but that said, he also said I, too, Gentry earlier this week. He also said that you know he, he that the pressure that you talked about comes from signing the big contract that he signed and and, and you know that's you know to hear a guy I, look guys don't like to talk about money a lot and and but he knows he's being paid a lot of money and he knows when you look at in black and white he's not earning that money and I think. You know, John Hines called him a pride, a prideful player. And, you know, look, these guys do make a lot of money. That's just the way it is. But some of them do care. I think, you know, he's not just there collecting a paycheck. I mean, it, it, it pisses him off when he's not playing well and, and not earning his money. Yeah. And, and I'll say this too. Hockey's not like other sports in that if a NBA team is losing, you can see who's scoring 25 a game. You know, or or football, who who you could tell who had a good game even in a loss. Hockey's a little tougher, like that. You, it, it's it's hard. Of, it's a game full of linemen, Gentry. It's a, you know, like linemen make all the difference in a football game. Don't always show up on the stat sheet. A lot of times in hockey, players make a difference in a game. And if you don't look at the advanced metrics or understand them, you don't really understand what kind of impact that, that they're having. Right, and so it's tough for Duchesne for for. You know, a lot of people to watch and, and really I think he's trying to express that he feels like he's playing pretty well and he feels like a lot of his teammates are playing pretty well just because the goals aren't there. But, you know, it, it, to to an extent, Paul, when you hear this sort of thing, it goes back a little bit to last season. It's like, well, you know, we're better. We're better than the record says. We go, well, then, OK, we'll go win. I mean, well, these goals. Speak- Speaking of last season, I mean, some of the, a lot of the same problems that they had last season, power play, penalty kill scoring goals still problems this season now you know attitude and and, and mental fortitude aren't gonna always win you I mean you still have to do those other things at least middle of the pack well uh you can't be the worst in the league in the power player in the bottom and the the penalty kill and, and and not be able to score and expect to win I mean I don't care how jovial and happy and confident you are um you know at some point it's not about luck I mean, you know, at some point, and a lot of times it is about luck, but at some point your luck will change, if you will, if you keep doing the right things, or at least it should. So, you know, look, the power play is two for 28 or something this season. Awful. Um, you know, I, I, they have new new assistant coaches that they've hired. They've gone through three power play coaches in the last three years or two years or whatever. Um, you know, they just go out there and they do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result and, and they don't get it. And, they, they switched up some of the power plays tonight. Still can't. I think they're 0 for 4 tonight. The penalty kill befuddles me because they do have some some tougher players on this team that, that, that have a lot of energy and are tough to, to play against, uh, you know, for other teams when even when they have a man advantage. So that, that one puzzles me a lot more than the power play. Um, and the lack of scoring goals. Look, this team has a bunch of playmakers and, and not a lot of goal scorers. I mean – that's just they had the, the Ryan Johansons and the Matt Duchesnes and, and and those guys of the world who can make plays, but they don't have anybody really who can. I mean, Victor Arvidsson shooting from the stands. I don't I don't know what is getting gotten into him. If you look at his 
shot chart he's shooting from the circle. He's, you know, it's something I think needs to be fixed. Forsberg, you know, again, got unlucky tonight. He's got four goals. He should have had another one tonight. But, you know, it's just the the offensive struggles of this team are, are a mystery. And, you know, I think when he went out and got Matt Duchesne, he went out and got Ryan Johansson part two. I mean, I think Ryan Johansson's a great playmaker, but he doesn't have Victor Robertson and Philip Forsberg around him like Johansson does. So, you know, you can't expect that same production. Well, and, and it's it's about every game at this point that you that you see this now where the, the goals, they're just having such a hard time scoring. It's putting so much pressure on, on their defense and on the goalies who are responding. Uh, the last two games, Pekka and UC both had phenomenal games. That's why they won. Uh, but you look at this game tonight. After it got to one nothing, Forsberg had a breakaway, couldn't score. You had Arvidsson get like a sitter right in front of the net late in regulation, just completely missed the net. Uh, you had early in the game, and I'm, I'm the the broadcast for NBC Sports Network pointed this out was Johansson had a, an avenue kind of to the to the side of the net where it was it opened for him, and he turned the other way. It's just it, – it just doesn't – it's not a guy who seems confident that he's about to go score a goal. And, it's and, hard to and figure I, out. It is. I mean, he was a goal scorer when he was in Columbus. He hasn't really been a great goal scorer since he's been here. But, you know, if, if the, the Forsbergs and, the, and the, the, the depth scoring also hurts them a lot too. I mean, you know, you got one from Cousins tonight, his first. You've gotten, you know, a couple from the new guys. Um, but this team is going to have to find offense – if they're going to succeed, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't score two goals, two, three goals a game and expect to win very much, especially when you're going to play against teams. Look, the, the Blackhawks, uh, probably a bottom feeder in that division. And so in that regard, yeah, the Predators beat a team they should have beaten, but they, it was a lot more difficult than it probably should have been. Um, and so, you know, again, we're seven games into the season. We won't be able to say this much longer because the season is going to go by fast. I mean, you know, and, and I, I'm kind of, I'm working on a story plug here uh, just about, you know, what, what's, I asked John Hines tonight, what's different, you know, the biggest difference or the biggest difficulty in adjusting to this, this schedule. And look, there's a lot more days off now. They're not, you know, they're off tomorrow. Uh, they didn't skate this morning. They've had, you know, a lot more days off because the games are so rapid fire come at you, you know, and you just, you don't want to, you don't want to overextend these guys either. But, you know, I, I asked him and he said, believe it or not going on the road, they need to figure out the road because the road, there's so much extra time, so much downtime. And these guys can't go out to dinner. They can't leave the hotel to get coffee. They can't hang out with each other, you know, in, in groups really. Uh, and, and so they're kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, prisoners in, in a bubble again when they're on the road. And, you know, what do you do with all that downtime? When they're home, they have their families and, and, and whatnot. So I thought that was interesting. I'm going to explore that a little bit more. I talked to a couple of players about that too. Um, but they're coming up on this long road trip. Um, they're going to be gone for a week. It's, it's four games, uh, you know, two against a really, really good team. So, It'll be interesting to see how they respond because they didn't respond when they went to Dallas. Uh, they, they just were, were awful uh, for those two games. There's really nothing, no other way you can paint, paint it. But, you know, you, and you mentioned, I, I want to talk a little bit more, more about the goalies. You see, um, I don't think, and I, I don't have all the stats in front of me. I know they lost seven to nothing and he was pulled. That game wasn't his fault. They gave up five power play goals and a shorthanded goal in that game. Um, but UC has been playing really, really well. I can't think of a game where he's, 
been really bad. And I can only think of one or one or two or maybe three goals he's allowed that were just bad goals to allow. Um, he's really uh, surprised me a little bit because he's typically been a slow starter in his career. Uh, this season, that's not been the case. And Pekka has, you know, for a 38-year-old guy uh, to come in there and be able to just call on him whenever you need him, uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't have confidence in him from what I, from what I can see. Yeah. UC is, is 25. Now you figure he's does look like he's starting to, to come into his own a little bit. I, I think it probably matters a lot that you enter the season as the clear number one guy. There isn't, you know, he, he exited last season with that, uh, with, with what they did in the, in the play in series, it's pretty obvious where this was headed and, and UC's played up to it. I, I know that one game in Dallas was bad, but he was he was phenomenal tonight. I mean, and, and he right, wasn't right down to the shootout. And just, he wasn't. Yeah, he stopped every shot in the shootout. Um, I should mention too. This just intrigued me from from uh, Tuesday night's game was that Patrick Kane was uh, did not have a shot attempt on Tuesday night, um, which is I think the ninth, eighth or ninth time in almost a thousand career games for that guy that he didn't have a shot attempt in a game. And that is a testament, really, uh, at least in part, to the defense that the Predators are playing. I mean, look, Blackhawks are missing Jonathan Taves. They're missing Alex DeBrinkett. They're, you know, the, two of their, their, their best players. Um, and so Patrick Kane has to, you know, the, the, has to carry a lot of the load. He didn't even get a shot attempt. And that spoke volumes to me about, you know, predator, the Predators game planning, and, and their defense, um, which, by the way, has been five on five. The Predators have been one of the best teams in the league. The problem is they don't play at five on five very often. So, you know, if they can figure that out, um, you know, and, and cut down on, on those penalties, that'd be fine. Um, but, yeah, I think I, I think the third defensive pairing that a lot of people talked about has, has been has been clearly better. I think that, and, and you know, and you you know what you got with with Yossi and Ellis and Ekholm and those guys, and but 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 yeah, I, you've seen the new guys. You know, I, I think that's helped them in various ways. You know, Nick Cousins gets a big goal to, tonight. Yakov um, Trenin has been a guy to me that looks, and 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 this leads into kind of what I want to talk about next. I mean, Yakov Trenin is a guy who he's big, he's physical, he's got offensive capabilities. You know, he's he's. He's a third or fourth line guy, but um, and he, by the way, is the guy who knocked Zdeno Chara out last year in Boston. Who was Zdeno's six? Uh, that nine. was one. Of, yeah. That was one of my favorite moments of the whole season. Believe, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, mean, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. But but aside from from that, um, he's been really really solid, um, you know, and reliable for them. And he's he's a big reason why. Leading into my next thing, I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit is why Rocco Grimaldi has been a healthy scratch for three of the last four games. And, and Rocco is one of my favorite players to watch. Rocco is a guy, I think, you know, he's, he's, the, he's the shortest player in the league. He It's taken him forever to get any kind of, you know, any kind of stability in the NHL because teams keep giving up on him. The Predators haven't given up on him, but uh, he's got the biggest heart out there, which, you know, if you look at analytics, maybe he's not great defensively. He doesn't score a ton of goals, uh, but doesn't make a ton of mistakes and always is, you know, he, he never quits. Uh, he, he was out very outspoken last year about holding the team accountable and, and, and some of the 
you know, he was he was a guy last year talking about how fragile they were mentally long before everybody else was doing it. Um, but we haven't been seeing him in the lineup, um, and I think he's going to be the victim of a lot of these new guys, you know, coming in or these younger guys coming in like like a Trennan who really has earned his spot. And he's a guy that, again, you look at the stat sheet. I mean, he has a goal this year, but um, not necessarily going to show up on on, on the, the, the box score every game. But, man, does he make a difference. And, you know, the Predators honestly need more players like him, uh, you know, and, and and even more players like Rocco. But Rocco's the odd man out, which, which I don't love. I understand it, don't love it. Um, you know, I'm not into the advanced analytics like some other people are, uh, you know. And, and honestly, like, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big baseball guy and I, and I dive into him a little bit there too, but, um, you know, I'm not a get off my porch guy, but I do believe there's, there's value in what you see too. Um, and not necessarily just in numbers. And, uh, so yeah, I, you know, I kind of, you know, feel bad for Rocco. I know Rocco's probably pissed off that he's not playing and not, not at anybody in particular, but it's going to, you know, going to motivate. I mean, look, I said last year he was their best player in the in the in the play-in series. And that, that's bad news for the Predators if he's your best player, and that's not a knock on him. Um, that's actually a compliment. So, you know, look, they got. I want to look ahead a little bit. They got these four games coming up in Florida, um, starting off against the Lightning, who are the defending Stanley Cup champs, who are just stacked and loaded and you know the Predators ended up in the same division with both teams that went to the Stanley Cup final last last season um you know and we saw what Dallas did to the Predators um I I, I I'm sure they're hoping that it's not more of the same from the Lightning uh but it's going to be a, it's going to be I think their their second real test to see where they stand in this division when they play a team like the Lightning, can they grind out that two-one shootout win against a team like the Lightning? Can can they can they sustain that, or are you going to have a Dallas all over again? Well, and and are you going to have to keep grinding out two-one wins? I mean, I, I I I know you know what the metrics and the analytics and that sort of thing say, and I know what the players are saying about oh the floodgates are going to open. I don't know, man. Part of this game is you just got to you you have to be able to do it. You you have to be able to have that knack for scoring and they just don't seem to have it I, as somebody who's covered the different teams in this city they remind me a lot at this point of our soccer team Nashville SC was much the same way where their defense and their and their goalkeeper was outstanding but they couldn't score any goals and the at Predators point, Gentry, aren't you I mean you, at some point you are what you are right like mm-hmm. you, you can't you, at some point you just can't keep making excuses at some point you just have to accept or do something about what your identity is. And I think a lot of the identity that's trying to be changed here, you know, again, I, and I'm not into making excuses for anybody, but you no, know, look, John Hines came in. He was what he got, what two months, not even two, got two months, maybe. And then COVID hit and then he was away from his team and he couldn't do anything with them. And then they came back in the summer and had a couple weeks of camp and then lost in four games. And then there's another, what, four or five months between him being able to kind of really do anything hands-on. So I'm, I'm reserving judgment on that. I think, you know, you got to give him time. And that's why you keep hearing this, this culture thing, but sooner or later, and I think, you know, somewhere at some point this season, we're going to know whether it's working or not. I think it's still too early to tell, but um, you know, and, and speaking of that, let, let's, let's 
take a listen to what Matt Duchesne had to say tonight. There's a lot to like right now. Uh, it's a different vibe in that locker room. It's a different vibe on the ice. It, uh, we're playing with some swagger and some confidence and that we didn't have last year. We were very fragile last year. And, um, you know, we felt a lot of pressure from a lot of different sources. And I think this year we're, you know, turning that pressure into opportunity and, and, you know, knowing that we have a great team and, and knowing that we can do some damage. So I can't wait to see what it's going to look like once we, uh, you know, the floodgates open offensively for us. So there's some interesting, uh, like you say, some pointed words, some, some honest words from, from a guy who seems to want to have some accountability. Um, and I noticed right at, right after he had said that, you had tweeted out, the, you know, the, one of his quotes. And, and you know, it, it really kind of summed it up in a nutshell for, for where this team was and, and kind of, you know, where, where they're, they're trying to shed that, that image. Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if we know that they have done that or not. I mean, again, you, you've got seven games into the season. Um, we, we can look at good and bad, but you've only scored more than three goals one time in, in, in seven games. And I, I just feel like as, as good as the, the good is the defense. Um, I think the goalies are playing quite a bit better than they were for a lot of last season. I think that's, a, that's something that had to happen too, and that actually does appear to be happening. So but far, what, so but, far, but, yeah. but the offensive perform production, especially from from Duchesne and Ryan Johansson, two very highly paid guys. Um, maybe they're not supposed to score a ton of goals, but they don't have any right now. And uh, you know, I think a guy like Arvidsson could probably score a little more. I, I think Forsberg is is as four already. I guess they're in the first five games or so, something like that. And, uh, you know, good start for him, and I think they need him to be that guy too. But it's just when, you, when you're not getting that kind of production from your top guys, you're putting so much pressure on other parts of your game. And, and so far, it's, it's come through more than it hasn't. But that, that's just not a recipe for a team that's really going to challenge for big prizes at the end of the year. I mean, you got to be able to score goals more than they are right now. And that, that's no different than what we were saying before the season, Paul. I mean – you know, and, and what they, we were saying all of last season. I mean, it's it's it's. I should we should mention too that um, fans were allowed back into a li- very very limited number of fans were allowed back into Bridgestone starting on Tuesday. Um, you know, having been you know both of those games, not a real noticeable difference. I mean, maybe there's a few hundred there. I mean, there's fewer than a thousand people in the stands total. Um, and still doesn't feel anything close to normal, but it's it, it, it it's good to feel like it's at least a step in the process. Um, you know, they're they're <clears throat> allowing only you know a few hundred or however many you know the season ticket holder lottery that they're doing. Um, they're allowed fifteen percent capacity, but they're they're not doing that because they want to. They really want to, I think, get it down right and gradually let more more people in. Um, so, you know, I haven't really tried to make too big a deal out of the fans being allowed back because I just don't feel like it's really mattered all that much. And, you know, the, the limited availability too, right? You know, it's not like the general public has a shot at getting in. Um, so, and, and it's what was weird tonight, though, is I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if I heard this correctly, but it sounded like they were piping in some booze during one of the Predators' power plays. Um, or at least some dissatisfaction from the uh, the artificial crowd noise, uh, which, which was interesting, and it's and it's also very very awkward with the the, the crowd noise 
being mixed in with the this piped in noise um I, I, maybe i need to do a job maybe i need to do a story about find out find out this person or people who are responsible for piping in this crowd noise and um i, I envision david Poyle up there no let him hear the booze they need <laughs> they need they need to hear it well i tweeted i tweeted something out tonight and paul mccann who's the the pa announcer there tweeted back at me after i said i think i heard that would they really boo their own team and piped with piped in noise and uh paul mccann says uh he says, yeah, they do it in Philly, <laughs> which I, be- I believe, but, um, no, I just, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty interesting, but yeah, it's, it's still super weird, uh, even with a limited number of fans there. And, and, you know, I always try to, uh, during intermissions, you know, interact w- with fans and I go out into the hall, you know, in the hallway, uh, during intermissions and there's, it's, it's pretty much deserted. So, I see very few people walking around there, which, you know, is understandable, but I just wanted to touch on that since it has been a topic, uh, you know, somewhat of a topic of conversation. Um, you know, it, like I said, we said at the beginning, it's, it's going to be a weird season. Um, it has been so far from that, from that, from an experience standpoint. Um, and I do, you know, from a personal standpoint, I mean, I do, I, I, I don't love going into locker rooms all the time. It's, it's, you know, part of the job. But, but one thing that, you know, I think get two inside baseball, but, you know, we, we're able to have conversations with guys, you know, on a pretty regular basis and talk about personal things or just shoot the, shoot the breeze or whatnot. And that's kind of been taken away and it's all been, you know, the whole world is on zoom now. And, um, you know, so I, I, I kind of feel, um, you know, like I've always been a person who tries to get the, the behind the scenes beyond the hockey kind of tidbits and, and that's been lacking and, and it, it's bothered me. Um, I, I understand it, uh, but it's 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 def- it's been a casualty of, of all this, you know, on a small scale. But I do miss those those, you know, some of those morning conversations with a Packer or a, you know a Roman or or whoever Matthias or you know seeing their families in the hallway or whatever, and, and you know that 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 part of it. But you know everybody's doing the best they can. But it's it's just again going back to, to Matt Duchesne, you know, he, he, he's been, he's been outspoken all season about this and, you know, about, about the accountability and whatnot. And it's refreshing to hear, you know, these guys being at least a little bit honest about some of the flaws and some of the the things that are going on. I think, um, I, I agree. And uh, Duchesne was, uh, you know, and I, I think it's representative of a lot of the guys on this team. And uh, John Hines made the point that, there's a lot of pride among the guys on this team. They understand that they haven't been producing to the level they would they would want, and they're probably expected to. I think Duchesne's certainly one of those guys. And you know, if 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 they really are confident, and and as as he suggested, the floodgates open offensively, then then maybe this team could have something. But but that's going to have to happen. Well, I think me and you should get back together to do another one of these in, uh, I don't know, a few more days, uh, maybe Saturday or, or Sunday. We'll see how the schedule works out. They don't play again until till Friday, I believe. Um, so uh, that'll do it for this edition of Catfish Corner. Appreciate you listening. We hope you subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And if you haven't, why haven't you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I get my podcasts on a app called Podcasts. Uh, you can drop us a review and a rating, a rating while you're at it. Um, good, bad, ugly. We'll take it. And uh, for Gentry Estes, I'm Paul Scarbino. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Happy every day.